0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first edition of the Pick and Roll podcast. My name is Perry Rockwood, and I'm going to be your host. And my co-host today is my longtime and good friend, Eric Holmes. Eric, it's great to have you with us today. Thanks for having me on, Perry. Yeah, so just to get started a little bit, I've always wanted to do an NBA podcast. I've listened to a bunch and i just really enjoy them i've loved basketball my whole life and i mean i'm always talking with my friends about basketball we're always arguing you know taking sides on different subjects so finally i just always thought it'd be a good idea to actually make a podcast that people could listen to but i've always been kind of scared because there's a lot of competition out there and it's just kind of scary starting a new thing but you know the time finally came where I just said forget it and we're going for it and so yeah like I said we're just very grateful to have Eric here today and he's a huge basketball fan as well and yeah we're just really looking forward to the season starting on Tuesday it's going to be a great NBA season this year I guess Eric what are you looking forward to most this year
1: um, it's nice to, it's refreshing that there's, there isn't just one team, the Warriors sitting at the top where, you know, they're going to win if they're healthy. You know, this year it's, it's a mix. There's six or seven teams where you know that they could take the ship. If they make one big move in, in the, during the season with the trade or they, they come together as a team, their, their chemistry's built up, you know, they can take it. And so it's just cool having six or seven teams instead of that one team, the Warriors just sitting at the top.
0: Yeah, I think it's crazy. I was looking the other day, and it's like, when you look at the top 10 players in the league, a lot of them aren't even on the same team they were on last year. Uh, yeah, it's it's it's, a a, it,
1: it's pretty interesting how the league is 365 days now. You know, free agency is almost as exciting as the, the regular season now. And to have so much player movement, it just it refreshes everything, and it keeps everything exciting.
0: Yeah, we're definitely on the up with the league for sure. So... Today, since the season starts in two days, we're just gonna look at the over and unders provided by Westgate with the betting. And we're gonna go through the Eastern Conference today and just give our opinions on where we think teams will end up this season. And like I said, this is for the Eastern Conference. So Eric, get us started.
1: All right, so for the Eastern Conference, we can start with the Atlantic Division, and we'll start with the Toronto Raptors, the NBA champions.
0: So where, where are they at?
1: The Raptors, They last season they won 58 games, but they have lost Kawhi Leonard, and Westgate has projected their over-under to be 46 games. What do you think about that, Perry? 46.
0: Ooh, okay, so if you think about it, they just signed Siakam long-term. So... I don't know, I'm not, I'm not 100% sold on Siakam yet. I think he's, he showed out last year in the playoffs and he definitely improved and, you know, made those strides to become a, a great player, but I don't know, what do you feel about them locking up Siakam for the max?
1: You know, I think, I think it's a good contract. Um, the, the people offer the max contract too easily nowadays. Yeah. I feel like someone like D'Angelo Russell maybe was worth like 20 million a year but now we'd make it 30 million. And uh, the way that people are moving assets around, like Paul George had was like five trade picks for him, Anthony Davis was five trade picks for him. It doesn't seem like anybody's actually like committed to their contracts, so you know, I could see Siakam being moved in a couple of years if they really want to rebuild. Once Kyle Lowry's gone, once Smart Gasol, and maybe they're not at the top of their level, and Masai wants to go somewhere else with the with the franchise.
0: Yeah, no, I could totally see that. I think, I think this year it won't be as bad for the Raptors as people have been saying, just because they're in the Eastern Conference and it's so weak. You know, you got that those couple top tier teams at the top of the conference, but then. After you get to the four seed, it's kind of a free for all after that point, and so I don't know. I think with just with losing Kawhi, they still have the same exact team as last year, um, and so I don't know. I I see them winning, you know, at least forty four games this year. I, I would take the over for that.
1: Yeah, I th- so it, right now I'm looking up. Um, their record when Kawhi was load managing last year, and they were 17 and five without Kawhi Leonard. Oh yeah, they're a pretty good squad who fight who fight game in game out who really want to you know show what they're about even if Kawhi's not there. And so I could see them being like a good regular season team. You know, they're on the grind, people come into Toronto. You catch them on a on a bad night. You know, a lot of travel, and usually from what I have heard is. People like to hit the town when they go to Toronto, and so.
0: <laughs> exactly, you got Drake taking people to, to the, his favorite club.
1: <laughs> exactly, so, wow. um, you know, I think I'd take the over as well. I'd bet over 46 wins that they would show out, and, you know, they have a little something to prove as the defending champions, and not having Kawhi there is also something more to prove.
0: Yeah, I think it's, it's super important to note that this is just for the regular season because Kawhi, these over and unders, because Kawhi, you know, he's a gamer in the playoffs, but that's a great stat. You pulled up their record without him during the regular season. So, yeah, I think we both agree for the over on this one.
1: Awesome. This, this division stacked. the next team we got is the Philadelphia 76ers. Ooh. This division had four playoff teams last year. <laughs> But the 76ers, they won 51 games last year, and they're projected um, to have 55 wins this year.
0: I definitely think they'll win four more games than last year. If you look, obviously we all know about the whole Ben Simmons thing and whether or not he can shoot and how social media is going nuts that he hit 1-3. Um, but even though they lost um, – Jimmy Butler, who actually did really well for them in the playoffs and was their go-to guy down the stretch against the Raptors. I think that the addition of Al Horford is underrated. Um, if, you, if you look at their defense, like, it's just scary. You have Embiid, Horford, uh, Tobias Harris, Richardson on the wing, and Ben Simmons. Like, that's a huge lineup.
1: Yeah, their smallest player six 6'6", and uh, I don't know how opposing teams will guard them. You can kind of pack it down in the paint. You know, one thing they are lacking is spacing. Ben yeah. Simmons can't shoot. Josh Richardson's no. J.J. Redick.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: And uh, So they're good. Um, J.J. Redick and Joel Embiid, they were they would always have a nice two-man game. So it'll be different trying to replace J.J., one of the greatest shooters we've seen in the
0: past couple decades. It was funny, the other day Brett Brown was quoted saying in an interview that all they want all they need is a veteran sharpshooter to space the floor. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? Like you literally had him. But yeah, I think you're totally right. I think the shooting of Richardson and Tobias Harris is gonna be crucial for this team.
1: Yeah, something that's underrated as well. Um they just picked up this guy named Thibel in the draft. I can't oh, remember. His from his but that man has been showing out in the preseason, and he has been a top-notch defender for him already. Um, something to note is I think they were like 31% from three in the preseason, so pretty, pretty far below league average. Yeah. You know, it is just preseason, so you can't – there's no facts about that. You know, you don't know how it's going to translate over, but that's something to monitor. You don't know how well they're going to be able to shoot threes and uh, take that next step in the game.
0: Yeah, I mean, as far as this over under, you know, you said that last year they won 51 games and here they're projected at 55. And I, like I said earlier, I definitely take the over on this one. I think they're a high 50s team this season, especially if Embiid is looking the way he did with uh, cutting down on the hamburgers and milkshakes <laughs> over the <laughs> over the off season. It looked like, you know, last year really took a toll on him and he was really emotional after the game. And I think this year, he's really gonna take care of his body, and uh, that way he'll be he'll be ready to go night in and night out, and be the dominant center that he is. Definitely.
1: What do you think about um, like how they're just so big? They'll be able to bully so many teams. It's oh it's pretty, yeah, pretty crazy. Like, I mean, besides the Lakers, I don't know a team that's just as big, or if not. You know, bigger than them. They're all everyone's gonna get bullied.
0: I mean, especially in the Eastern Conference. I if you look at their biggest matchup in the East, it's obviously the the Bucks. And the Bucs are big as well. You know, they got Giannis and Lopez out there together, but I mean, if you look at the matchups, you can put Horford and on Giannis and Embiid on Lopez, you know, and you still have Ben Simmons out there and Harris it's like yeah they'll they'll be a nightmare on defense I think for sure defense will win them a lot of games where they lack from shooting the three.
1: Yeah they'll be able to stagger Horford and and Embiid during yeah. the regular season and you can't have much of a better of backup center than Al
0: Horford. <laughs> yeah seriously though no I agree.
1: Good, uh, good underrated acquisition. He's getting a little bit older, but this is a good year to capitalize
0: on the league being so wide open. And I also think that Miami expected a lot out of Richardson the last couple of years because they, you know, they didn't have many guys, and they he was kind of trying to take the role to be the guy on that team. But I think this year we'll be surprised at how good he is as a role player on a good team. So I'm yeah. to see how he. With- with the
1: reduced role, he could probably be a lot more efficient.
0: Yeah, for sure. All so, right. do you, think you take the over on fifty-five? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think they will be like a fifty-eight, fifty-nine win team.
1: Yeah, I think. I think the biggest factor is if they're able to to figure out their offense. Their defense should have no problem, but their offense should uh it will be the ultimate test.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: All right. this next team we got is the Boston Celtics. They won 49 games last year, and they're projected to win 49 and a half this year.
0: Ooh, what do you think about this?
1: You know, they lost Kyrie, and they lost um, Al Horford. They gained Ennis Cantor, Kemba Walker. Ennis Cantor's a a far uh, inferior player to Al Horford, and in my opinion, I mean, Kemba will be a better player for the Celtics, probably for their system. So, uh, in a depleted Eastern Conference, I don't know, this is a tricky one. I don't know if they'll be able to get it together. I think it all depends on Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and if they if they can take the next step.
0: Yeah, I thought it was funny that, you know, Jason Tatum was working out with Kobe last year, and all he shot was mid-range jumper. I think Kobe was trying to sabotage the Celtics first. <laughs> hey, I could get behind that.
1: Kobe's my man, so uh, I could get behind him sabotaging.
0: <laughs> but, no, I I don't know. Like you said, this is a tricky one because we all know how great Kyrie Irving is, but we also saw how bad it was last year in Boston and how much they underperformed and that Kyrie just – his head wasn't in it. He wanted He wanted out, you could tell the chemistry was terrible um so i kind of look back to the season uh before when Kyrie was hurt for the playoffs and how well these young Celtics did remember how how good Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum did uh when Kyrie and Hayward were out um and like,
1: they, showed, they showed so much promise that they weren't even willing to trade Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown for Kawhi Leonard. Exactly, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. It Sounds but... ridiculous now, but in the moment you're like, oh yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade him. Kawhi's coming off his injury; he played nine games last year. Like, who knows what what could happen? Like, exactly. oh so young assets, and now it's looking pretty foolish. But if they can take the step forward, they can be solid. I think it'll be interesting to see if they what they do with Jalen Brown. They have a 2 days to figure out if they want to extend him right now or wait until he's a restricted free agent. So,
0: yeah, I think I think you do whatever you need to do to keep Tatum and Brown together. I would maybe look for possible trades for Gordon Hayward this season. I just I don't think he's the same player he was obviously before his injury and I just wasn't impressed with him last year. Obviously I can't get it in his head. He must have been, you know, pretty caught up on the injury and everything that happened. So he probably didn't feel like his former self. But um I would trade him away and get as much as I could while he still at least has some value. Uh, yeah, yeah. It'll be an
1: interesting dynamic. I wanna see how Brad Stevens does this year, if he's actually a really good coach or if it was a if it was a fluke a couple seasons ago
0: yeah and i and I also think that they had a great draft this this draft. you know they picked up Carson Edwards from Purdue, who just lights it up from the three point line. I think he had eight threes in the third quarter in their last preseason game. Um, they also got Romeo Langford who looks like if he stays healthy he could be a promising guard in this league. and then they also got uh Grant Williams from Tennessee, who's just a bully down low and we can't forget Taco Fall. Everybody loves taco. Um, but I think they just have, you know, the, the future is looking brighter than people think in Boston, I believe. Um, whether or not they can get, to get get it together this year, like you said, I'm not sure. Um, dang, I don't know what to do for the over-under over on this one. 49.5 games. Man, I don't know. Um, I don't, I mean, I'm a biased Lakers fan, so
1: I'm going to take the under. <laughs> I don't know if they'll be able to figure it out. I don't know if Gordon Hayward will come back. I don't know how they're deep. I mean, they have good wing defenders, but they, they won't be able to guard the pick and roll with Kemba or Cantor.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're both definitely liabilities on defense, especially Cantor will get eaten up. The- Unless
1: some big strides are taken, I don't see him winning more than 50 games, so I'm going to go the under.
0: I'm going to take a chance on the Celtics. I'll, I'll take the over. I think they'll win 50 games.
1: All right. All right. This next team, they're pretty interesting. Some of the biggest acquisitions this offseason. So the Brooklyn Nets, they won 42 games last season and projected to win, let me see.
0: 43.
1: 43 this year
0: what do you think about that well we just talked a lot about Kyrie and from what it looks like it seems like he's very excited to be in New York I think that's kind of been a place he's always wanted to be and you can never tell with Kyrie where his head's at (laughs) he's kind of a player who's all over the place with his emotions and his persona and that's my, that may be why he ended up with Kevin Durant, because Kevin Durant's the same exact way off the court. <laughs> I think they're both in their feelings a lot. But um, as far as on the court, I think that Kyrie will thrive in Brooklyn. I think that he'll be re- rejuvenated. He'll be ready to uh, be the man in New York. And I don't know. I, I think the loss of D'Angelo Russell is – I mean, Brooklyn did love him, but, I mean, Kyrie's obviously a great person to replace him. And then we can't take Kevin Durant into effect with this because I think he'll be out all season with the torn Achilles. Um, But I do think in this this week, Eastern Conference, that I would take the over for sure on the Nets. Um, At least 45 games, I think they win. Oh, definitely.
1: I think this is the easiest lock. I'm going to lock this in. This should definitely be over. Um, Karis Levert getting better. Spencer Dinwiddie getting better. Jared Allen, DeAndre Jordan, um, Joe Harris. They got, they got a lot of players. And they're young, young talent. And they're out of Kyrie Irving in the mix. Just an upgrade over D'Angelo, in my opinion. And uh, they're waiting on Kevin Durant. So I think I think they have a chip to, a chip on their shoulder, especially Kyrie. You know, moving teams for a second time, he didn't want to be in a situation two different times. You know, people have been slandering his name, and I, I bet he's been seeing that. And so
0: he wants to prove something. Exactly. And I think a super underrated signing that they had this offseason was uh, Torian Prince from the Hawks. Um, he's he's a lot like Damari Carroll, you know. He, he gets after it on the defensive end, and he's big enough where he can switch but then he can also knock down open threes. And I think as the season goes on that we will see that uh, Prince was a great acquisition for the Nets. Definitely.
1: All right. The next team is uh, James Dolan's New York Knicks. They won 17 games last year. And they're predicted to win 27 and a half games
0: this year. Oh, 10 more. Dang. Well. I mean, first thing we have to look at is that the Knicks struck out in free agency this summer. Um, I know that they were looking to land, hoping to land a big-time free agent, especially Kevin Durant and Kyrie, who went to the other side of New York. But watching them in the preseason in the summer league and looking at all their all their uh, young guys. RJ Barrett has looked really good so far. Obviously, we know that his shot could use some work, um, but a lot of rookies, when they come into the league, their shots need work. But as far as just his feel for the game and how to score in the lane and even underrated as a passer, I think he's going to be a really good player for the Knicks this season. And then we also look at the development of Kevin Knox and Mitchell Robinson. I think they both produced pretty well last year, and, and they're only going to take a step forward. Um, and then they obviously signed Dennis Smith Jr. and Marcus Morris and Julius Randle from the Pelicans. And so I think they made a couple of good signings. They obviously didn't get the big names that they were hoping for, but I just, nonetheless, I still think that they were some improvements. Um, so. I don't know if they win 10 more games than last season, so I'll take the under, but I definitely think they'll be better than last season.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely taking the under as well. They loaded up on guards, and they loaded up on power forwards, and I don't know how well this roster is constructed with Frank Nicolina. I can't pronounce his last name. I'm Frankie Nicotine. (laughs) (laughs) Alfred Payton. They have Wayne Allenton at a the guard. They have uh, um, Reggie Bullock at a guard. Um, Dennis Smith Jr. at the guard. Alonzo Trier at the guard. So there's just a lot of uh, a lot of guards. They got Bobby Portis for a power forward. They
0: and they, have, they randomly uh, picked up Taj Gibson. Too. Marcus Morris, Taj
1: Gibson, Julius Randle. Um, I think it'll be really tough for them to figure out you know, who takes over when. I don't know how David David Fisdale, he wanted a good opportunity with the Knicks, but they haven't really been able to produce for him. I think he's a good coach, and it's unfortunate that he was stacked with these players.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think Spike Lee is going to have another disappointing <laughs> season as a Knicks fan, but, I, yeah, like you said, this roster is just, it's just weird. You know, they have, like, this pretty solid young core with – Uh, Barrett Knox and Robinson and they even have like Alonzo Trier who scored really well last season but then they brought in like these weird veterans like I said you have Gibson you have Marcus Morris it's just weird so they they
1: they paid them a lot of money so it seems like and all these players are going to want to be able to take their shots I don't know how it's going to fit
0: yeah yeah I just Yeah, I don't see him doing – James Dolan just needs to get out of New York and they need to (laughs) restart everything. Sell the team. Yeah, just look forward to next year's draft for the Knicks this season.
1: All right, so now we're moving to the Central Division. We're going to start with uh, the reigning MVP's team, the Milwaukee Bucks. They won 60 games last year and they're projected to win 57.5 this year. What do you think about that?
0: Hmm, well, I'm thinking why it went down. I mean, they they lost Malcolm Brogdon, which I think is a huge loss when you think about what he was able to do on the defensive end, as well as spacing the floor with his threes. I think that was a huge loss for the Bucks. And especially when you give all that money and lock up Bledsoe, who can't produce in the playoffs. <laughs> Terry Rozier just destroyed him. But I don't know. I think Giannis. I think Giannis might be a back-to-back MVP MVP winner. I don't see how anybody stops him any less than they did last year. I think he's only just going to grow his game and get better, and you know, improve his range and start hitting some more mid-range shots, maybe a couple threes. And I don't know. I mean, the Lopez twins are finally together. <laughs> but, yeah, I,
1: I like the continuity of their team. I took the over. Um, I like you said. I think Giannis is just going to get better, and uh, you know they. I think they'll they'll be able to plow their way through the Eastern Conference, and um, they'll be a great regular season team. I don't know how far I take them in the playoffs against a couple of the Eastern Conference teams, especially and especially in the if they had made it to the NBA Finals. I don't know if they would be able to handle their
0: opponent. Yeah, I think. I mean, Wesley Matt Math, Wesley Matthews is going to just be in their starting lineup, I'm sure, to replace Brogdon at the guard spot. And I mean, he's a great shooter. He he tries on defense, but he's not he's not one of the top guards in the league for sure. And so I don't know. They're just gonna have to again. Giannis is gonna have to put this team on his back, and if Brooke Wilkins continues to shoot the way he did, and Middleton continues to get better and score the way he does, I think they'll be right there at the top of the East for sure. Um, but, yeah, I, I, would take the, I would take the over.
1: All right. This next team is the Indiana Pacers. They won 48 games last year. And They're projected to win forty-six and a half this year.
0: So the question is, when is Oladipo coming back?
1: I don't know how how he's going to look. It's a very unique injury. We haven't really seen it in too many players. We don't know how to model it. If other players came back from it fast, if they had, if it took him a while, if it took him a year and a half, two years to get back to to original shape, so. I don't know, this is this is going to be an interesting team. I think I'd take the under.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Pacers, when you think about it, I know that they there's been some talk that they're putting Sabonis on the trade block and kind of looking for to explore some options with him, which I think with the season that Sabonis had last year is actually really impressive. I think that they might be able to get something different in the turn. Um, And I think for Team USA, this – year that Miles Turner actually played really well. And, you know, he was a defensive player of the year candidate last year. And the Pacers don't never wow you with the players they have on their roster, but somehow they're always right there in the mix. And it's because they're just gritty and they just get after it. And they they're at least a team who has an identity. They know who they are. You
1: know. yeah exactly they they don't they don't think that they're the free agent destination market they're just out there they all band together and I think they'll I think they'll be able to band together I don't know how well they'll do without Depot if Depot comes back and when he comes back I don't know how good he'll be I think there's a lot of question marks that they need to answer
0: yeah I mean and we can't forget that we just talked about the Bucks and how Brogdon left and he went to the Pacers and I think but that's a huge pickup for the Pacers. I think him alongside Oladipo, whenever he gets back, would be really good with Miles Turner. I think that would be a good little big three, I guess you could say. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see how Brogdon does. Kind of, you know, taking a lot of responsibility with Oladipo out and kind of being the the main guy on offense for the Pacers this year. But yeah, like you said, I I'd probably have to go. For the under on this one, and we can't forget that they got T.J. McConnell as well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> one of the last things, um, in the playoffs they looked to Boyan Bogdanovich a lot to score yeah. them the ball, and he got a couple. He got 20 million from the from the Jazz, so they lost a good part of their offense. So another question mark they need to solve. I'm I'm taking the under.
0: Yeah, I'm just looking at the roster right now, and it's like. Where the heck is their offense coming from when Ola out besides Brogdon and Turner? Like yeah. Lamb? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: all right. Great. Next team is the Detroit Pistons. They were 500 last year, 41 and 41. And this year they're projected, uh, um, uh, they're projected to win 37 and a half
0: games. So four less than last year? Correct. Hmm, let's think. All right. So I think a huge part of this is Blake Griffin's health. For sure. I sure. last year when Blake Griffin was healthy, he was underrated and honestly played really well. There were some games where he just couldn't be stopped. Um, I think that Luke Kennard in the playoffs actually proved to be somebody that could space the floor on a consistent basis he can score from all levels. I, I loved watching him at Duke and he's starting to show what he can do in the NBA. So I think that he'll have kind of a breakout year for the Pistons. And then we all know Andre Drummond. Uh, Obviously we know he can't shoot, but he's a consistent double-double. He's a beast on the boards. And alongside Blake Griffin, I think, I think they're a pretty good duo, but yeah, I mean, it's hard for this team on offense with this, with the shooting and the space in the floor. Do you think they make it back to the playoffs or do you think someone takes their spot? I think, I think they'll make it in the playoffs and it will be a first-round exit in four or five games just like it is every year for the Pistons.
1: Yeah. All right, the next team, the Chicago Bulls. They were 20 – they won 22 games last year and – this year, they're projected to win 33 and a half, so 11 more games.
0: Dang. Well, I think Zach Levine's going to have an all star caliber season. Last year, he was an amazing scorer from all levels. He was shooting the three really well. We all know he can dunk, we all know he's got that huge vertical, but he was shooting the three very well last year. And I was watching him in the preseason against the Pelicans the other night, and they just did not have an answer for him. Of course, it's the preseason, but he was just scoring all over them. I think Lowry Markkinen is going to have a breakout season if he stays healthy. I really like Wendell Carter Jr. from Duke. Uh, He had some injuries as well. Uh, They acquired Thaddeus Young and Otto Porter Jr. I think those are two underrated acquisitions. Uh, and I love the guard from North Carolina, Kobe Wyatt, that they drafted. I think that he's going to be a ticket seller for them. Not only a ticket seller, but he's going to be able to push the ball down the court. And I think they're going to be a fun team to watch. I don't know how many games they'll win, but I think they're going to be a fun team for sure. Yeah,
1: I think they're exciting. They have a, a lot of drama last year. Hopefully they can put that behind them thirty three and a half that's a that's a tough one to say, but um I think I'd take the under they're still young they're still developing yeah, but it's gonna be like right around that mark thirty three I could see thirty one thirty two is where i'd where I'd see they're just a a weaker eastern conference team I don't know if they slide up too much farther than nine games
0: yeah i don't i would I would agree with you I'd take the under for sure all
1: right after the Bulls, we have the Cleveland Cavaliers. 19 games won last year. They're projected to win 24 this year.
0: And the Cleveland Cavaliers. Well, if you look at who they got in this offseason, I think a lot of us haven't seen Darius Garland play. We haven't seen a big sample size of him, but I think it's saying something that he was a lock for sure as a lottery pick in the draft. Like. If you, if you listen to all the NBA scouts and all the GMs and everybody, everybody had him at the top of their list. And so I think that says a lot to who he's going to be in the NBA. And even in the preseason, we've seen that he's going to be a guy who can hit the three, um, get his teammates involved. And I think he'll be a great player, especially alongside Con Sexton, who is just a uber-athletic, you know, grit-and-grind defender. Um, I don't know what are you thinking. I mean they they definitely kept Kevin Love which is nice. I think I think they'll uh
1: they'll win more than what is it? 23 and a half, 20, 24 games. I think I'll take the over. Um but I also think that they'll deal Kevin Love before the trade deadline. Yeah. Um I think they want to get a couple assets out of him and there'll be a teams that are aggressive that maybe want to make the trade. You could see teams in the Western Conference pulling for someone, someone like um, who was I looking at?
0: It yeah, would be like the Trailblazers, like Portland. Oh,
1: that's exactly the Trailblazers trading Hassan Whiteside, get rid of his expiring contract, so Cleveland can open up their books a little bit, attach an asset. They could get Cle- or they could get Kevin Love. You know, maybe help out when if Yusuf Nurkic comes back and in what form he comes back in. Um, I think that that is gonna happen. Um, they're still they're young, but they're exciting.
0: Yeah, I think I don't know. And another guy I really like that they drafted this year is Kevin Porter Jr. from USC, and he's just a natural born scorer. Uh, he got suspended at USC for some of the season because of misconduct, but. He was still one of their draft picks, and I think uh, even in the preseason, he showed us a little bit of his game, and it just it looks like it's going to be good. But, yeah, I agree with you. I think Portland's going to make a push for Kevin Love, especially with him being from Portland or from Oregon and loving Oregon. Uh, I think Portland is going to want him on board, so it will be exciting to see what happens with that.
1: For sure. All right. Um, the only team from this division to make the playoffs last year was the Magic. This is the Southeast Division, and they won forty-two games. This year, the Magic are projected to win forty-two and a half, so basically right at that same mark. What do you think about that?
0: I I think the Magic will make the playoffs for sure. Um, if you just look at their roster, I mean, they re- everybody is returning from last year that was part of their core for that playoff push. Um, The one thing with Orlando that's always been the case is they've never had a good point guard. I mean, their starting point guard this year is DJ Augustine. Um, He's definitely a good backup point guard. I don't think he's a starting point guard in this league. Uh, They got Markel Fultz, which (laughs) I mean is pretty excited. We don't know what to expect from him this year. I hope the best for Markel Fultz after everything that he's been through. He was a super exciting player at Washington, and there's a reason why he was the number one overall pick. Uh, I just really hope that he can get whatever is his deal behind him and that he can have a successful uh, career with the Magic.
1: Yeah, I think they have Aaron Gordon on a really good contract right now. Jonathan Isaac's coming into his own game. Um, Vucevic made the all-star team last year. Terrence Ross is good. I think I think there'll be a they'll, they're a lock um Aaron Gordon can take an added responsibility he's he's consistently guarding the best player on the other team night in night out and i think i think they'll they'll um i think Markel Fultz will take a couple steps forward and it'll be it'll be a fun team um they'll be a good league pass team to watch and uh, i think they, they'll definitely win more than the same amount of games i think they they're they have a good continuity. and They'll be able to build off of that.
0: Yeah, I think one thing though that I have to express is I feel like his whole career that Aaron Gordon has not exceeded the expectations that have been set for him. I feel like at Arizona, it looks like he had it all as a future NBA player. You know, his body, his athleticism. He can even shoot a little now, but for some reason, I just feel like he's still underperforming and I just really want to see him at some point, you know, take it to the next level. And I think that Jonathan Isaac will do that this year. He's a solid lengthy wing defender. And if he can continue to develop his offensive game, I think that he'll end up being a really great forward in the Eastern Conference. But yeah, like you said, I don't see why they wouldn't win the same amount of games as they did last year, especially with a couple of the stars moving around in the East. And, yeah, I take the over on that. All right, this next team, the Hornets, they were 39-43. and They
1: lost Kemba Walker. They signed a pretty bad contract with Terry Rozier. And they're projected to be the worst team in the NBA this year with 23 wins. Lots I think that, that I think that's pretty justified. The Hornets are the mess of an organization.
0: That. Let's be honest. <laughs> like when Terry Rozier is your best player, that <laughs> you know, your roster is just struggling. Yeah,
1: they're consistently in the lottery. Um and some of their peak picks like Malik Monk—you don't know how they're going to turn out. Um, Jeremy Lamb. There's just – there's a ton of, ton of bad, horrible contracts. Nicholas Batum's making a crap ton of money. So, they're just a not very well-run team. It's sad that Michael Jordan, one of, the, one of my favorite players ever, that
0: he is employing this team. But <laughs> Yeah, I think he's going to be smacking some more players this year for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, to look on the bright side, I think P.J. Washington out of Kentucky – who they drafted this year in the first round could be a, could be a solid NBA player at the power forward position, small forward position. I also think Miles Bridges, I love how he owned up to having a bad rookie season and saying that he played like crap and that he owned up to it. I think he'll be determined to be better this year. Um, But yeah, like you said, they still have Marvin Williams, NKG, like, it's just such a bad roster. I think Terry Rozier is gonna try to be the man and play like thirty-five to thirty-eight minutes a game, and that's just gonna be really sad to watch for Hornets fans.
1: Definitely, I'm taking. I don't know, twenty-three games. It's. I don't know. I'm taking the under. I don't think they'll win twenty-three games. No.
0: Yeah, I'm taking the under for sure.
1: All right, this next team, the Miami Heat. This is one of my more intriguing teams to look at. They yeah. have a, a lot of flexibility with their roster. They can deal a lot of players and they're all good. They're good players on good contracts. And so I think it's a super interesting team. I personally think they're taking the Pistons spot in the playoffs. The Pistons will drop out and I think the heat will, will, will get in have an adding Jimmy Butler, him being the man. I think that'll be good. Bama Ade, out Adebayo, out Bam's a really good player. Kelly Olynyk's a good player. Justice Winslow's a good player. I could see them getting rid of Deion Waiters, you know, with the stuff that comes out. Like he's pretty detrimental to the team right now. I think Tyler Hero's a knockdown shooter. He's the man. And, I, and Goran Dragic, they're definitely going to unload. He's an expiring contract. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's making $19 million, so it's a really, really good trade chip. He's still a good player. Maybe they'll get Chris Paul. I don't know if they want to invest in that. Maybe they'll trade for Kyle Lowry. Um, well, yeah, I
0: know. So it came out recently that the Thunder are wanting to build towards the future. And so with knowing that, you know that they're going to want to get rid of Chris Paul sometime this season. And I think Chris Paul on this team would actually make it really interesting. Even though his contract is terrible and he's You know, getting older and older, I think that having somebody like him alongside Jimmy Butler, I mean, they both have the same type of personality. It's kind of that, like, I don't care. All I want to do is win. And, yeah, I think also the acquisition of Myers Leonard was really underrated as well. Uh, Last year off the bench for Portland, he did really well, especially when Nurkic got hurt. And I think that having him with that second unit for the Heat, along with uh, James Johnson, will be will be really good for them. And Whoa. I love Tyler Hero. I think he's a stud for sure. I think he's he's the new JJ Redick with even more game. And I just think he's gonna be an an awesome NBA player that fans are gonna love.
1: Yeah, they're a good team. They're nine or ten deep. They got a lot of trade potential, and you got. Pat Riley and Eric Spolstra, so never count them out. Um, Eric Spolstra is, I think, the second-longest tenured coach behind Greg Popovich, and so I think he, they're all going to – they're sitting pretty. I think they're going to have a nice playoff entrance and run.
0: And I feel like Jimmy just fits in Miami. I feel like he's finally, like, found his home. You know, you see all the videos of him on Instagram how happy he is with fans and just joking around. Like, I think Miami just fits Jimmy Butler perfectly. So I think he'll be happy there. All right. So are you taking the over or the under on the... I'm taking the over on the Heat, for sure.
1: Same as same as myself. All right. Last two teams, the Washington Wizards. They won <laughs> 32 games last year. And they are projected to win 26-and-a-half this year.
0: Oh, man. Well... The only good news in Washington right now is they just locked up Bradley Beal, which they didn't. Which I personally didn't think he was going to stay loyal to them because I don't think he has any reason to stay loyal to them. I feel like he's wasting some of his prime years on a team that's terrible. Uh, but, I mean, good for them that they kept him and that all that's behind them. And, you know, his contract goes till the same year that John Wall's contract ends. And so we'll see. I just, I don't see this team winning very, this team winning very many games this year though.
1: I agree. I take the under. Um, uh, John Wall will be out pretty much the whole year, if not the entire year. I th- there wouldn't be much point for him to come back. They're not going to be in playoff contention. Why rush John Wall back? But, you know, something interesting about Bradley Beal, I still think his contract is very tradable. He's definitely worth the money that he's getting. It's only a 2-year extension on top of this year, so three more years. And so if they really want to trade him if, they, if the right if the right pieces come along, maybe Denver is willing to throw in um a Michael Porter Jr. and um Malik Beasley. You know, I could see them trading those two pieces away and and getting another asset that way, you know. Um, but I just I don't know it they're, they're looking pretty bad, and the Supermax contract with John Wall is just looking worse and worse every day.
0: I so. mean, they have Isaiah Thomas, though.
1: <laughs> Isaiah Thomas didn't do much on Denver last year. I wouldn't expect him going anywhere, anywhere this year.
0: I do love their draft pick, though. I do love Rui Hachimura. Uh, I just, first of all, I think he's a great individual personality-wise and just who he is as a person. I think he's the type of player you want in your locker room. He seems like he's a hard worker, and he's very passionate about the game. And I think he actually has some game to back it up. I think. Oh, definitely! He's quick, a, guy, a go-to guy for them this year.
1: Yeah. Quick story. So I'm from Spokane, and he played basketball in Spokane. And one of my buddies, his his uh, his family's involved in the Gonzaga community, and. Um, uh, Spokane hosts the largest three-on-three basketball tournament in the world, and so I was back in Spokane for the summer. And Rui came back right after being drafted. He came back to Spokane for Hoop Fest, and so my friends, family, they were just hosting him over for the night. And uh, I went over to come say hi to my buddy, and I just see Rui's just chilling in the pool. (laughs) So he was a super nice guy. He was he was just like willing to talk, like he didn't act like he was better than me or, or anything. I I knew a couple guys that he knew through playing at Gonzaga. So it was just interesting to see um, how he acted, you know, being a a Jordan athlete now. He signed with Jordan. He was a super nice guy. He brought some team garb for us and he just gave me a shirt. So he's a super nice (laughs) charitable dude.
0: That's awesome.
1: I can can get behind behind Rui.
0: That's sick. All Uh, right. The last team, the
1: Atlanta Hawks. They won twenty-nine games last year and they're projected to win thirty-four this year.
0: I'm taking over on that. I'm high on Atlanta. I think I think that their draft was really solid. I love DeAndre Hunter. I think he's one of the best perimeter defenders in the draft, if not the best perimeter defender in the draft. And watching them in the preseason, not only is he a great defender, but he was showing some stuff in his offensive game as well that surprised me. And even Vince Carter was saying, that he was surprised at his offensive game. And then we also obviously know they got Cam Reddish from Duke, who kind of took the back seat with the big three that was at Duke, was Zion and uh, RJ Barrett. And sometimes it seemed like Cam Reddish kind of disappeared during some of those Duke games. You wouldn't know he was on the floor, but I think he's going to be really good in the NBA. I feel like the NBA fits his game perfectly. Uh, he'll be able to space the floor at, you know, six seven six eight. He can shoot very well, and he can guard, too. And I just think if you look at Trey Young last year after the All-Star break, he was by far the rookie of the year the second half of the season, averaging about 25 points a game. And he was just unstoppable that second half of the year, and I think he's going to have an unbelievable season this year. Yeah,
1: they have tons of energy. Their young core is, is pretty unreal. I mean, they had a couple years to stockpile draft picks. Trey Young, Cam Reddish, um DeAndre Hunter, Kevin Herder, John Collins. You know, that that group of five right there is that's pretty that's a good solid um young core. And you got them surrounded by good veterans like Vince Carter, who's just a class act. He's able to stay in the league this long for a reason. And I think they'll be an energetic, exciting team. They're definitely going to win more than 34 games.
0: Yeah, and they got Jabari Parker. <laughs> I feel bad for Parker, honestly. After the knee injuries, I just hope that, you know, we can see some glimpses of what he should have been post-injury this year.
1: Definitely. All right, last, last thing to, to before we wrap up, who do you think the eight playoff teams are?
0: Um... So, in in a particular order, or just the eight playoff teams? Just your eight playoff teams. So, I'll go. Obviously, we have the teams that are a lock. So, we'll go with the Sixers. One, the Bucks. Then we got. I think the Celtics are for sure in. I don't know what seed they'll be, but I think they'll be in. Um, I think the. I do think that the the Raptors will still make the playoffs. So that's four. The Magic will be in there. That's six. Seven, the the Nets with the new team. And then eight, I think it's a toss-up between the Pacers, Magic, and did I say the Heat already? No, I think you're at six, so you have two more slots. Okay, so I'll take the Heat. Are in and then I think that last spot's between the Pacers, Pistons, and the Magic. I think they're all gonna be battling for that eighth spot. That's interesting.
1: So my locks, Celtics, no, sorry, sorry. My locks, and I think I think it'll be the white or Eastern Conference Finals between the 76ers and the Bucks, that they're gonna be the one and two seeds, in my opinion.
0: Yeah.
1: In the East. I think the Raptors, the Celtics, the Nets, and the the Magic are also all locks. The Pacers and the Pistons, I think they could fall prey to the Bulls or the Heat. Yeah. So I'm I'm putting the I'm I'm sliding the Heat in for sure. In the last three between the Pacers, Pistons, and the Bulls.
0: Yeah, I mean. Yeah, the Eastern Conference going to be interesting this year for sure. We know how dominant the West is this year and how stacked it's going to be. But I think there's going to be a lot of teams fighting in the East for the those last couple of seeds for sure. Yeah, right now I
1: I see it as a two-man race, a two-horse race between the Sixers and the in the Bucks unless anyone makes some drastic changes, I couldn't see anything else happening. Yeah
0: all right well we're so grateful for everybody who tuned in and listened to our first podcast today of the pick and roll podcast and we are so excited for the season to start this next week really looking forward to that next episode we will be going over the over unders of the stacked western conference and yeah we're just very excited to get this going and we would love any support and and or feedback from any of you guys as the viewers. Eric, you have anything to say?
1: No, just sh- thanks for having me on today, Perry. Shout out to all my fans, all my followers. You can follow me at, at Eric Holmes 32 on Twitter. You know, don't, be a, don't be a stranger. I want to hear your guys' opinions.
0: And everybody, he's as single as it gets. So <laughs> make sure that you uh, actually follow him and hit him up. <laughs> all right until next time thank you everybody